Three, no, 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 yeah, I'm a fucking reject. No, 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 Hello, everybody. Thank you, and welcome back to Fucking Rejects, featuring your girl Constance Patton of the Pattons, of the Autos, of Michigan, of Detroit, who lives in New York City. Who is Constance? I don't know. You tell me. Do you know who she is? I know who she is. She's okay. She's kind of crazy. So, thanks for everyone for listening to my podcast. This is the third episode, and I've gotten some crazy, crazy cool feedback. That's me settling into the chair. Um... I wanted to just kind of back it up before we really get into it. I've interviewed several people, really great creators, freaking doctors, freaking artists, um, directors, all this stuff. So that's going to come out uh, every Monday, every Monday. And DJs and all these cool, cool, cool people that are doing way cool stuff. And I just wanted to kind of like bring it back. Like, who is Constance anyway? Do you know me? You might know me. And if you know me, do you know me? Uh, did I serve you beer before? Did you buy some artwork from me? Cool. Hey, what's up? Did we never meet before? What's up? It's so good to meet you. My name's Constance Patton. Hi. So right now, I am in northern Michigan in Petoskey, uh, Michigan, which is, if you have ever talked to anyone that is from Michigan, they'll hold their hand up like a mitten and point to where they are. And I'm from Detroit, which is... I'm looking at my hand right now. So it's like the thumb, the bottom, like kind of like the lower thumb where it hits the hand. And right now where I am is like, if you hold your hand out against you, your left hand, uh, it's the pinky. And it's, I'm, I'm pretty much in uh, near Lake Michigan. Um, I'm actually going to pull up a map right now because I can tell you exactly where I am. And I'm near Traverse City, which is like the largest city that's around here. That's where they have like the, where if you buy dried cherries or cherry stuff, it, chances are that it comes from Traverse City. I don't even know if that's a, I hope that I'm not lying to you, but, uh, I've definitely bought like dried cherries at Trader Joe's and they come from Michigan. So they have the cherry festival up here. It's wildly beautiful. Yeah, that's, this is, this is where I am right now. So I'm a little bit actually north of Traverse City. I think that is called Traverse Bay. Yes, Traverse Bay. Yeah, it's wildly peaceful up here. I'm looking out on the bay. It's St. Patrick's Day. It's completely covered in snow out there. Like, it's winter, 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 winter. I didn't really bring boots like that. Like, I brought cute-ass boots that don't do shit. But that's okay. I got my Reebok Classics to back me up, I suppose. So I made a little podcast nook here in the hotel. I'm staying at the Stafford Perry Hotel, which has been here for over 120 years. And there aren't many original hotels left over here. I think that there's like one or two more. I actually talked to the uh, manager today. I was asking about the history because I wanted to stay here just because usually I stay, um, I guess, with my mom which or I get an Airbnb but this is a really nice spot it's super charming it's gorgeous gorgeous if you're in Petoskey Michigan like check this place out and then there's also a bunch of other cool hotels there's a casino here the Odawa Casino and the Odawa Hotels right next to it if you're into that I'm not into gambling so I get so fucking pissed if I lose any money like if I if I put like two dollars into a slot machine and my two dollars is gone I'm over it I'm like way over it so a little about me 
So I'm a tribal member and I'm a, a, a member of the Little River Band of Ottawa Indians with family members, of course, my sisters. And um, I was not always a tribal member. In fact, I didn't think that I was going to join a tribe, a mixed, um, and, you know, just to keep numbers. It's a bunch of bureaucratic stuff. And a lot of people don't join the tribe, but my family, we're all part of the tribe. There's a couple of them up here. My mom is part of the Saginaw Chippewas. So I was, I grew up going to the reservation and the casino near the Saginaw Chippewa, which is in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. And there's like Central, uh, was it Central University or Central Michigan University or something over there? It's, it's popping over there. It's like the casino is popping. It's, it's kind of, it's a big casino, you know, like Chris Rock. And I think last time I was there, the Eagles were playing. We spent a lot of time there. I've spent time with my grandmother when she was still around. And Soaring Eagle Casino is where we got to go and spend time at powwows. I got to sit in the front with my grandmother because she's an elder. So shout out to grandma. Hey, miss you. Yeah, it was super cultural, music, dance, contest. I would just sit in the front pretty much because I I ain't messing around with the casino, taking all my money. I would give them money for drinks later, though, for sure. After the powwows, they have a party called the 49er, and you never really know where it's going to be. It's going to be a party that's outside with a bunch of the brethren, so that was always a fun time, for sure. It's some country shit. I enjoyed I enjoyed it. I'm trying to figure out where the party's going to be. We're a bunch of drunk-ass <laughs> tribal members and the spouses. So it's just really important to me to come up here and um, connect with nature, I'm not very religious, but I'm kind of super religious because I just love religion and I think that they're kind of derivative. So I definitely come up here with a spiritual antennas wide the fuck open. Yeah. So I went to see my grandma today at the cemetery and I think it's important to visit our ancestors, even if they're not our ancestors. Maybe I visited your ancestors or someone that you may have known. Who knows? Maybe you (laughs) reincarnated and I came to visit you today. Hey, what's up? And then go there and say all their names so that they are not forgotten. Anyway, so I grew up in Detroit, and I have two sisters. I have a brother, and I have a stepsister. They're all very sweet people, and I grew up closely with my two sisters, Kendra and Kira. Kira lives in Brooklyn with me, and then, well, not like with me, but she's in Brooklyn as well. And then my other sister, Kendra, lives in California, and we grew up super close together. We did everything together. We fucking fought. We hung out. Everything. Like, everything. When we were, I think, I was 16 or 17, I got a fake ID, two of them, and I passed that shit down to my sister. We would go clubbing together, go to shows, go to hip-hop shows, uh, Jurassic 5, freaking Slum Village, like, all those Detroit cats. Uh, we would go, Black Eyed Peas, we used to come to Detroit all the time. This before Fergie. They used to be a little bit funkier, but, you know, I can't be mad at someone for changing up their artistic style and getting money. And I was raised as an artist. I was raised by artists. Both my grandmothers were artists. My grandmother on my dad's side, Henrietta, Henrietta was, she also passed um, not too long ago, Nana. And Nana, she made quilts. So whenever someone was born or... She just would make these quilts. You got a quilt. And they were very soft, made out of clothing that was recycled. So things that we had but we didn't wear anymore, she would she would uh, recycle them and put a very comfortable sheet on the back so they were, like, heavy and, and warm. And it was really crazy because Nana did not consider herself an artist, even though clearly she was an artist. She made stuff towards the end of her life. 
she was making drawings and stuff really cool pencil drawings crayon and kind of brought it back somewhere else but I remember one day walking in and I saw the process and it was one of the most powerful moments because you just see the quilts like you see the final product we don't see the process an artist process and I walked in and all these pieces of fabric were cut and laid out on the floor and I was like dang grandma like this is so cool she's like what this is nothing you know <laughs> this ain't nothing and she asked me to thread her needles because her hands were becoming weak and she couldn't get the needle the thread through the needle so I threaded the needles and I was like wow you're such a cool artist and Nana was like oh shut up I'm not an artist and I'm like what are you talking about look at, you, look, look at all this stuff and one of my favorite pieces and I actually have one quilt and I have a piece of a quilt but I, I don't have it with me now so I'll, I'll post it later um, but one of my favorite moments was watching the process and one of the blankets that she she made said it had a piece of fabric in the corner it was big it was burgundy with white lettering that said freedom isn't free Maybe it said freedom ain't free. Freedom ain't free. Freedom ain't free. I was like, dang, that's so cool. So there's intention behind it. I'm really blessed to come from such creative people, such creative family. It's, it's in me. So I just know that. Um, and, and this guy in Lori's side, this musician, this old cat, like some old, you know, warlocky cat, says to me, as long as you're creating art, you're going to land on your feet. And I knew he wasn't lying. So I know that as long as I'm creating art, I'm good. So I'm happy to contribute to this art form too. Making podcasts, oral history projects, talking to people, collecting stories, making a record, a, a one woman's journal in America. <laughs> I really appreciate everybody listening to this. Uh, thank you. That was the best education that I could have gotten for sure. Like I mentioned before, yeah, I left high school just because I didn't have anything else to offer me. And yeah, that was the best education that I could have gotten. I was completely like goth but like blackhead goth but I couldn't really be goth because you know I'm a blackhead so I wore my nautica sweater all the time and shit totally totally just like depressed and all that stuff but anyway it wasn't that bad I still had fun and laughed it up and went to raves and all that stuff it was great yeah the, so I just wanted to talk about kind of like who I am and why I am and I talk about my grandma a lot because she really she really showed me that it's okay to just be yourself, no matter like what weird shit I was into, like piercings and tattoos. And I actually told my grandma once I was gonna shave my back, the back of my head, and like get a full full size tattoo of her on my of her whole body on my back. And she just like laughed. She thought it was. She was just like, "Girl, you crazy." So when I was fourteen, I guess no, I was yeah, I was fourteen. I was in high school. My grandfather, he walked on, and my grandfather and my grandmother were really a big part of my life. I wasn't living with my mom and my dad at that time. I just lived with, with my grandparents. My grandfather, he died, and so they had planned a trip to go to Egypt and to London. So they had their passports, and they were going to go and do this bucket list thing, and then he, um, he passed on uh, January 12th, 1998. It was fucking awful. I was there. It was fucking awful. Basically, now I had talked to my mom about this because I wrote a story about it. I'm working on this project and, you know, I need some clarity. So my mom told me that they had gotten their passports and they were going to go take this trip. And then my grandmother wasn't going to go after my grandpa died because, you know, like her boo was her boo. And they somehow my name come up and they said, take, take me, take, take me. 
And so I got to go to Egypt and to London with my grandmother. We promptly got to Heathrow. Somebody stole her fucking purse, like, right away. Little ass old Indian lady, like, some fucking asshole stole her bag. And then, you know, so we got that all worked out. And this is, like, way before PayPal or cell phones or anything like that. It was, like... I think we had to get, like, cashier's checks or whatever, but I definitely was 14, so I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about right now. So, um, yeah, like, we went to London, and it was really crazy because I it was just regular. Like, it really piqued my interest in traveling because I was like, wow, this shit is just regular. Like, I remember hearing R. Kelly, one of his dirty-ass songs, just in the street, and I was like, yo, this they, you know, and it was like when they were wearing the, uh, they were the Tommy Hilfiger, like, kind of do-rack ski situations, or, like, the, the ski goggles on their head, and I look over, and this cat's driving a drop-top with that shit bumping R. Kelly, and I was like, what the fuck, like, this shit is so regular, you know, I see that shit in Detroit all the time, and then I heard these dudes playing ball, so I'm like, ah, shit, I love playing basketball, I played basketball, um, varsity all four years, and, so I'm like, Grandma, let's go, let's go see this basketball. And she was down as fuck. She was like, Yeah, all right. So we go, we go, like walking through the street to hear this ball game, and we turn the corner, and it's like dust flying in the air. I see these cats playing soccer, and I was like, Whoa! Like, what are they doing? What the fuck? They don't play soccer in the hood where I'm from. They play basketball in Detroit. Like on anything, you could put up a milk crate staple that shit up to a street lamp and you good you got a basketball course but these guys were playing like with the same intensity i was so amazed and then after that we uh we went to stonehenge which was amazing we went to uh like westminster abbey and i think so i think that's where we went and we did like this tour with all these i just remember like a bunch of old ass people with gray hair and me and driving through you know, like, Harry Potter country with them wooden houses with the X's on them and shit. So we, like, driving on this tour and, that you know, we go to these old churches and they're like, oh, the flying buttresses and this, this was built in the, you know, before Jesus and all this stuff. And the only, the thing that I fucking took away the most, though, is the food was fucking off. It was so bad. I couldn't even eat. I, I think I threw up every day. I threw up every, and I, I mean, I was like, I remember we were in some old, just old pub, and they gave us boiled chicken with, like, boiled potatoes and boiled carrots and boiled broccoli, and I'm sitting there like, oh, God. Um, now, mind you, I don't really eat meat. Like, I eat some fish. I'll, I'll throw down on some fish. Um, I'm starting to dabble into a little, like, I might bite your steak. I ain't going to order my own. But back then, I was like, oh, I'm going to be a vegetarian. But all they gave us is that nasty-ass chicken, and I, I remember sitting there in this dark, like, dark pub, and it's like, I'm with all these people, all these old, like, r- uproarious, adventurous old people with their white hair, as much white people, like, me and my grandma, and I was like, okay, I must be, I must be, like, psyching myself out. I remember, like, man, this is crazy. Like, I can't eat anything. The only thing I was eating was those, the biscuits, like the cookies with the tea. That, that was fine. You know, I, no one ain't going to be mad at no cookie ever. So I sat down. I go take a bite of this nasty-ass seasonless chicken, three bites. I'm like, oh, okay, okay, I'm, I'm going to hold this down. And it was like I got to the fifth bite, and I just ran to the bathroom, full-on vomited. It was, I was just like, okay. All right. I don't know. I probably went to McDonald's or something like once. Or, no, we went to KFC. That's what it was. And I was like, oh, okay. It was nasty as fuck, too. So after that, we went to um, to Cairo, which was my, uh, my, my stepdad was living there, working there. 
And so we went to stay with him. He had an apartment there. It was really, it was really cool, man. We, it was dusty with the desert. We went to see the pyramids. My grandmother went into the pyramids because she's a badass. My little bitch ass sat right outside. I think I took like two steps in, but the way is the way that the um, the stairs are, the pyramids at Giza to get inside of them, it's kind of a shaft that goes at a diagonal, like forty five degree angle. Is what it really felt like, but it, it was like some. Basically, I'm like six feet tall. I've been this height since I was fourteen, pretty much. Like I was about this height. The doorway was about three feet and you, or maybe four feet, and you had to dip down low and, and drop it like it's hot. And I was just, I took two steps in there and I was like, hell no. Nah. So uh, my grandmother and JR went inside and I sat outside on the pyramid. And I just remember looking around, like it was, I just love the regular parts of life. Like I've been to all these places and kind of my favorite things are just seeing what people of regular do. Yeah, I'll go do the touristy thing all day, I'll go anywhere, but. I'm just always interested in like the regular normal life. There's bells behind me. This place is so romantic. I'm like looking over the bay right now. The sun is coming down. What's up, Diana? I can see the moon as well. I call them Hercules. I don't know what you call them, but they're both out today to welcome us. Hi guys. And I'm overlooking the bay. It's super romantic. It's, I've got no lover here at all. Just me. Just me and you, I guess. <laughs> you my boo. Anyway, so I'm sitting on top of the pyramid. You know, I just like watch people there having picnics and there was like a camel. This guy walks up to me with a camel and he's like, oh, it's Mickey Mouse. Like, you want a photo? And I'm like, let's not get the fuck out of my face with that big ass animal. I don't think I was like that rude though, but I might've been. I was, I was a stank little teenager. And so we went to Sharm El Sheikh after that, which was amazing. It was my first time seeing like a resort. It was so fancy. I got a mudslide. It was freaking so fancy. It was the first time that I ever saw prawns, and it was amazing. You know, the sun was out. We were, like, lounging, and my grandma's just so, she was so sweet. Just chilling, like, chillaxing. And after that, I came back to Michigan, and I was, you know, freshman in high school, and I was like, wow, man. There's a whole world out there. I'm going to go see it. I'm going to go see it. And I did. I did. So we'll go fast forward. So after I left school... And I completely left, like, with the intention, like, oh, I'll, I'll go to college, but this place is just bumming me out. It has nothing to offer for me, which, you know, that I'm, I'm really happy, like, that I rejected the fucking idea of just going through just to get the paper. No, the paper's never meant anything to me, ever, ever, never. That's why I don't, I don't give a fuck. I just do, I do what I think I'm supposed to be doing. I create stuff, and I believe in the work. After high school, I got a place downtown. I went and got a job as a waitress. I was so broke that I got a job as a waitress because what? You can eat every day. Bear, bear, bear. And I got a job at Pizza Populous. I was the worst waitress on fucking earth. Like, I would forget to put your food in and come back like, oh, huh? I was really bad, but it was cool. I saved up enough money and I moved to Ann Arbor. Uh, I was like the only kid there not in college. I didn't even know the concept of a college town back then. I was just like living there but it was in school I, didn't, I really didn't get it and then um from there I ended up moving to Italy with my best friend at the time she studied like one semester of Italian and we found out about that you can teach English you know you can go live in, and teach English somewhere and so we're like fuck it we're gonna go teach English now I speak no Italian but that's never stopped me so we we bought the tickets to go to Italy and I we landed out there yeah, and it was like, wow, I remember I told my mom I'm going to Italy. She was like, yeah, right. And then I, I saved up every dollar. I was waiting tables, and I, that's when I first started bartending. But I was getting, like, Sunday shifts, no-ass money. Like, I might make a Cosmo. 
But it was cool, though. Ann Arbor was dope. I met a lot of cool people. We were, like, jam and stuff. We were, it was terrible. We played terribly, but it was fun. After that, I went to Italy. So we landed. It was crazy, like, you know, it was just really crazy because on the way there, we get on a flight. It's, like, 30 black dudes going, and maybe 20, but, like, 20 black dudes going to Rome. So I'm like, yo, where are these? We're like, where are these dudes? Where y'all going? So we asked them. They're like, oh, they're in the Navy. Like, oh, shit, okay. And um, we actually kept in contact with them. They were great friends. We had a lot of ruckus-ass times with them. It was dope because they just wanted women around, so they wouldn't even hit on us just because if they hit on us, we would leave. So there was no none of that. But we um, kind of got their email addresses because back then it was like all... This is like 2002, and there was all internet cafes. Like, there was no Wi-Fi or cell phones or anything like that. So we got their contacts they helped us check in to uh like show us kind of like the ropes on getting a hostel which was dope uh my homie uh, his name is jeremy and then we 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 stayed in rome man we stayed there for a little bit and then we ended up going south to palermo which was like a whole nother crazy ass story we basically went down there uh we took the train down there at one point in the train ride this motherfucker was rubbing my feet i woke up to some man rubbing my feet and he was, you know, I like pop up because this is like a, we went overnight, a sleeper car. And I'm looking like, what the fuck? I'm like, what the fuck? And this guy's like, oh, stanka, stanka. And I was like, what the fuck? You calling me stanka? Like you saying I stink? But stanka means tired. But he was rubbing my feet. I was like, get the fuck out of here. You know, he's just like, oh, whatever. Oh, Italia, manja, manja, whatever, dick. Oh my God. It was so gross. He was like sexually harassing my feet. Anyway, he left, and then we ended up in, um, we, we got off at Messina, our dumbasses, we got off of the train, we made this whole, we were, like, trying to figure out how to, to get over to Sicily, because there's a, a, uh, there is a ferry that goes from the mainland to Sicily at Messina, and you get onto a ferry, so we got off the train, they, we find the ferry, and there were, like, a lot of Africans there, of course, because this Sicily is, like, wild close to Africa, we, you know, we get off on the ferry, it's like, a bunch of immigrants. We're fucking one. And even though we weren't living there, but we, I was trying to live there. I was staying there for a while. Like, Bush had got elected. I was like, fuck this bullshit. Because when he got elected, I was 17. Not that it matters anyway. I see now. It's just like, like y'all be worried about Trump. I'm like, oh, this is this Bush number two. Fucking idiot. So, you know, we get off on the ferry. And then I, I remember we had our trash. We had hot Cheetos because we fucking hood. I'm hood as shit. I don't, give, I don't care. We had hot Cheetos and like some other snacks, but we brought the hot Cheetos from, from Detroit. And we get off, get on the ferry, and then we're got to go back to find a train. So we get, when the train lands, when the ferry lands, we get and we go look for the train. Get back on the train. We're like walking and walking, trying to find a car. Get on the car. We got on the same train cart that we got off of. And the reason I know how is because it had hot Cheetos in the garbage. We could have stayed on that car and stayed sleeping because they just load the train on there. You didn't have to get off, but we didn't speak any Italian. It was crazy. Nobody speaks English down there. Like... You think you can just speak English and get around the world? You are fucking mistaken. And if you do, you're going to be an asshole. You got to learn, like, a little bit. So I always were just like, just like, hi, <laughs> sono vegetariana. And they're like, what do you mean vegetarian? You get out of here. You don't want my meat. This guy slammed down a hot dog that was inside of a croissant at me once because I was like, I don't eat meat. He's so pissed. So, yeah, we got, like, on the same train. Then we landed in Sicily, which was dark and scary as fuck. In Palermo, like, mafioso, for real. 
and we get off and go to some just shit hotel. We have been traveling for so long. And then, oh my God, we get in, we have like a shower. We're like, oh, a shower. And this is a dirty ass room we're in. Now that I'm looking back, it was probably like, it was probably sex workers in. So we, she, so I remember Keanu went and took a shower. She's like luxury eight in and shit. And then uh, I get my shower and that fucking water turned cold and it was dribbling and loud. And I was so mad at her, which is like an asshole move on me. It's not like she knew, but I had, I was so mad. I was like, you you freaking shower. I was like crying. You showered. You took all the hot water. She's like, bitch, I didn't know. We didn't know. Now I know. You see that little water tank. You're like, get in and out. Like I was just in Mexico and Guadalajara filming. I'm working on uh, this, this project and I was documenting my time there. <laughs> my, my cousin, Dana, who I love so much. She's, she's from LA. You know, she went with me or whatever. We're in and out in 48 hours. I already knew. I was like, I don't trust no showers at no hotels unless that shit is like you know, some American hotel, which I don't even stay in. I just, I'm just like, you just got to get in, wash your booty and get out. She got in there. Oh my God. I felt so bad. It, it, it was loud. It just turned freezing wide away, but she was like soaked up, you know, doing like a regular shower. I was like, nah, girl, get in and out. And I learned that that night. Yeah, it was dope. Like we hung out in, in Palermo for a couple, for a while and uh, like a month, month, and then we, before we ended up leaving, we made friends with cops. We made friends with pimps, which I will talk about another time. We didn't know they were pimps. Uh, there were these two African dudes that I think either wanted to put us on or to marry us so that they can get papers. They loved America. One of them had a freaking S-curl with like blonde, you know, Justin Timberlake tips, green contacts, and just come... Oh my God, he bleached his skin. Because you could tell, because the motherfuckers be like getting dark spots. And then his friend who Kiana liked was just an idiot, but he was really, he was really beautiful and built. And she always loves those type of dudes. Me, not so much. Uh, <laughs> hi weirdos. And so we ended up, <laughs> basically we found out their pimps because we would meet up with them and then they would take us to these women's houses and the women would always be African and be like wild stank towards us. Like you can see it in their eyes, but they ain't going to be rude. So they'll offer you food or whatever the custom, I'll give you a drink when you walk in. They don't want to give it to you. And then we figured out later, like, oh, those are the girls. Like, those are the girls. Okay, I see, I see, I see. And uh, we ended up leaving after we found out. We were like, we got to go. I mean, I'm from Detroit. And, uh, yeah, pimps are, they don't, they were fucking dangerous. So we left. And we ended up going to an email. I went to email at the cafe, and I emailed Jeremy, who was the contact uh, from the plane. And they were going to go to war. So we were like, okay, can we rent your apartment? Like, can we sublet? And they say, yeah. So, um, like, his roommate had a girlfriend, and he moved out. And then we ended up moving up there, uh, which was in Gaia de Cinto Latina. And it's between Rome and Napoli. And it's on the water. It's an old, it's a military base, a naval base, American. And they also have a, um, a marine base and an army base, I guess. So we stayed there for a while, hung out with communists, and went to... It, that was the first time I saw International Women's Day. Now, Kiana had a boyfriend who came to... He was in Italy for some reason, probably for her. But he came to, like, swept her off her feet and took her to Florence. I was broke as fuck. So I just was, like, in Gaeta, like, okay. So I get up, and, like, the normal day, they have siesta, so you got to do stuff early. So I get up. We would, like, try to get herb and stuff, but it ain't a really no, like, herb ain't really flowing free like that unless you're in Amsterdam. In Europe, it's, like, dried out. That's why they put cigarettes in it. They'll put tobacco in it. 
it fills it out, but it makes it burn or whatever. But it's really to fill it out because they ain't got no weed over there. So we would go to Rome and get it and like come back. We were like hour train ride from Rome. You know, I'm like have a little joint, whatever, go out. And then I look around and there's like all these families out. I never knew what was happening because I didn't speak Italian. Like I spoke enough to just like get around a little bit. I came back and studied it later. Like I, I studied five languages and stuff. Like I can get around the world. But I was like, what the fuck is going on? You know, it's like everyone's so happy. It's a beautiful day. And all everyone's like holding hands. All the mothers are like holding hands with their kids and they're eating ice cream. And I'm just like, what is going on? Like, I'm the only one alone. And then uh, I ended up seeing a communist rally, which I, I was like confused. Like I saw the communist flag and they have these peace flags near, near the Navy ship. And there were like Marines. They're like, get the fuck out of here. And I'm like, dude, they're really just want peace or whatever. They're like not against you. So later that day, I saw one of the guys actually at that yeah, yeah. I'm trying. Sorry, I'm like thinking it out right now. So you guys to a bear with a nigga. So I saw um, this guy at the at the internet cafe like earlier that day, and he had dreadlocks, and I was like, whoa. So I saw him at the peace rally, and then that, and then he was like, oh, it's, we're having a party later. Like you should come. And so I'm like, okay, cool. I don't know fucking anybody. Yeah, I'm always down for a party. What are you even talking about? Yeah. So later on that night, after walking around with all these like romantic, like super, it wasn't even really romantic. It was just really sweet walking around. And then I go to this, the communist headquarters, which I had passed a bunch of times anyway. I didn't, never really thought about it. And so I went inside and they're having a women's day celebration that celebrates all the great women, Italian women uh, in history. And they have like a projector up and they're showing all black and white stills and photos. These motherfuckers are singing like, you know, with the beer in the hand, like you see in a cartoon where they're swishing that shit back and forth, like, you know, singing like Italian songs in unison. I was just like, what the hell is going on? (laughs) It was really cool though. And they're like, Oh, tipichi, manja pe tipichi. Uh, t- typical food that they eat in that region. So they have food out there. And I'm by myself. I speak like no Italian. I mean, just such a small amount. I ended up talking to like the guy that, that introduced, he like invited me to name Gaetano, which is, I was in Gaeta. So Gaetano is like a guy from Gaeta. And so I'm, he had this like Rasta hat on. So I'm like flossing the hat up in that bitch, just drinking and <laughs> watching them sing. I'm just like amazed. You know, it's so special about those times, man. It was no cell phones, no iPhone. Like that should change the world. Like it'll change it for, I don't know, for the better and worse. But we were like in conversation. No one was like on their phone taking fucking photos at all. They were just straight up flip phones. And so, um, you know, I got on his roster hat. I'm talking to this chick for hours. Turns out it's his girlfriend. I was like, oh my God dang it girl I'm so sorry like I didn't even know but I wasn't like you know I wasn't fucking the dude or anything I just met him but but still it was I was like you could have told me I'm wearing your hat and your girlfriend's here but she was cool with it I was probably like a novelty to them anyway she was a marine biologist and then we hung out all night I uh, went back home and that was when I first learned about International Women's Day it was it was really cool and it's cool now that everybody is caught up in America, they gung-ho as fuck about it. Instagram is like, huh, Women's Day, women, my mommy, my mommy, my auntie, my sister is me. And that's dope. Yeah, fuck it. Like, I, I really, uh, I'm happy that I got to know what that was and experience it without the Instagram culture that that is just different now. It was really cool. So uh, I, I stayed there for a few months and then came back to the States and I was like, yo, I got to go to college. Like, 
that's when I decided, like, that's when I knew I was an artist. I, w- I would go to the beach. Every- I didn't have anything to do. Like, I would go to the beach. Also, we didn't end up teaching English because the the company was kind of like flim flam. Like, no, <laughs> I don't know. They they didn't, like, really email back on time and all this stuff. But we had already bought the tickets. Like, fuck, are we going? And so I stayed out there for a while. And then I would go to the beach and, and sit just on the beach. And, like, my corduroy... <laughs> corduroy coat and bell bottoms and my dreadlocks at least dreadlocks I would dye in pink and I've had this septum piercing since then it was like giant to match my hair and I would just draw like graffiti styles in my notebook and then I didn't really think about being an artist I just did the work I just was doing the work and I would just I was like getting good at it and on the plane ride home I was drawing I was obsessed with it then and this woman says to me oh my god that's so nice that's a really cool drawing I was like thanks she's like are you an artist and I was like yeah yeah I'm an artist and then from then on I was like I'm a fucking artist what next you know I got back to the states and back to Detroit where people I knew were like you were in Italy you could get killed I'm like motherfucker we from Detroit like we were from Detroit murder city like literally it was the murder capital of the world at that time you know, like, chill the fuck out. They weren't bothering me in Italy. They were just kissing my ass. Or <laughs> they thought I was a sex worker. That was problematic. I definitely punched a dude in the face while I was on the phone with my dad. He was proud of me, though. He's in the Navy. I was like, yeah, I just kicked this guy in the face. Um, but, yeah, I came back, and I was like, okay, so what do I got to do? Like, I know I want to travel. Like, I got to go to college. And so I did my GED, which is, like, so fucking easy. It was so easy that the teacher had me helping other people. It would be, like, questions. He'd be like, go ask Constance. You know, people would come and ask me. It was really annoying. I'm like, oh, can I just get through this thing? But I did that. And then I uh, went to OCC, Oakland Community College. They have a very rich program. It was an art program. I studied casting, painting. I was just like, I'm going to be an artist. And plus, the Indians pay for my school, so I'm good. And then I was going to transfer to the Atlanta College of Art, which I got into because I sky, I I didn't do my ACT or anything like that, but I scored wildly high on my GED. So I, I got all these scholarships, went down there. My grandma took me down there. We did the tour of the school, and I was so young. I didn't really know what I would have done. But I just basically, like, I was like, it's so dusty here. I can't live in Atlanta. I'm from, I'm from like, I'm sitting here right now talking to you on a lake. Like, I'm looking out over the bay, over these... It's golden. It's golden hour right now. I can see like birch trees and beautiful buildings. There's a hill and a clock tower, and there's people walking on this this long pier that juts out into into the bay. Which I'll put photos up on on Instagram. I'll put them up there. Slideshow when I drop the episode tomorrow or today. It's gonna drop today. Uh, tomorrow, today for you right now. Okay. Anyway, so yeah, I, uh, basically, I was like, what am I gonna do? Like, I don't want to live in. I don't want to go to to Atlanta is like landlocked and so I, I studied for a little bit longer at OCC and then this kid in my class he was like way mediocre like I was I thought I was a shit which <laughs> I was no he was like I'm going to, to New York I'm about to go to Pratt and I was like what is that and he says I was in art school in New York and I looked at him and I was like you gonna work and then I was like I'm leaving like I'm done and I think I I don't even know if I finished the semester out I actually don't think I did and not that I had to pay for it anyway so I got my shit together. I saved up all my money. I was bartending at Burt's. And then Burt's on Broadway. Thank you so much, Burt. You are a gem. I made my money there. And then I worked at an Italian restaurant, Via Nove. And then I, I headed out east. Yeah. 
And I got to New York and I studied at the Art Students League of New York, which is an independent school. And we used to laugh at our school kids. And yeah, my dad was in the Navy. So besides cursing, I got the GI Bill, motherfuckers. And it was dope. Like, I, you know, I did the, the, the GI Bill and I got to go to take these rad ass classes. I did bronze casting and that's when I got into like practicing welding and, and building bronze pieces. And I studied in the basement for years there. I did figure drawing and really honed my skills. And I, you know, that, that was me, um, being a fucking reject in high school and recognizing it didn't have anything else to offer me. It took me to where I am now. And the art students league is the best thing that happened to me. I worked under, under artists. I did apprenticeships. I worked as a robotic, I don't even know what to call it, I just helped rebuild robots. I built robots. I refurbished an old church in Red Hook for my, my friend Chico, who was my old boss. I was his studio assistant for Amofic Robot Works. Then I ended up going to the new school. You know, I just kind of applied. I actually just, I didn't even really know what it was. I heard of it from uh, one of my ex, my exes, like, his family, they're Indian. His family's like so smart. They're mathematicians and all this shit. And they would talk about the new school. So I was like, what is that? That just sounds dope. And so I looked it up and it was um, this like old expat school and these, all these like crazy intellectual people. And it was this free thinking uh, place. And I met a ton of wonderful people. Hi, Andre Singleton. I love you. I, uh, all y'all, Vicky, all you guys, I, I met so many great people there. And I got to um, study. Like, I basically went in there like, all right, I ain't going to just take art classes because I can paint and I can draw. I need to come out of there equipped. So I did documentary studies. I did podcasts, kind of like radio pieces, which is what led me to this right now. I've always wanted to kind of like dabble back into this. And this is just the right time for it. I did a lot of like oral history projects that have visual components to it which I'm going to build around this. This is very much an art project for me, and I really appreciate you listening and supporting me uh, in this endeavor. I'm going to be consistent, and I've been waiting to do something like this, so I'm very happy to do it. And, yeah, I, I got certified to teach English. I took, like, a lot of illust- like illustration classes so I can learn the structure and how to write a book, and I took writing courses, and, and the new school was everything, like, my college experience was wonderful and it would not have happened if I didn't say fuck it and reject high school and um and, and kind of go for it against the grain it was very hard like it's not it's not people don't think it's cool they look down on you but now that I'm you know a hundred years old then I see it doesn't really matter you have to figure your life out and it's taking me all over and you're gonna learn a lot as time goes on about who I am and some of the stuff that I've been through but I kind of want to give you a little reflection and I'm very happy with the feedback I've gotten. I'm happy with the, um, the product, the first episode, the second episode, the, uh, other interviews that I've conducted. I'm eager to share them trying to pace myself. I just want to like publish some bitches all like Hulu style, just all, or like Netflix. So y'all can Netflix and chill to my fucking voice, make some babies. So yeah. And here I am sitting on the, on the land of my grandmother's and, um, getting to know cousins that I don't know that are my age and reconnecting and being on the land. Thank you for listening to me and reflection. I'm going to do this sometimes. So I'm playing around with the structure, but since it's my shit, it don't fucking matter. It don't matter. I can do what I want. Mom, I'm just playing. She, Mom, you be backing me up. Thank you. And my dad. Oh, what was I going to say? Shit. Oh, yeah. So also I've had some really good wins. 
Like, yeah, I talk about rejection. I don't want this thing to just be about rejection. It's not just some sad, woe is me shit for sure. Like, that stuff goes hand in hand with the good stuff. Like, you got to get to the, you got to go through the, through the deep, deep, dark shit to get to the good, good, good shit. That's what I'm learning. So, yeah, I've been rejected a ton, ton of times. Like, I get rejected all the fucking time. I apply for shit, and that's cool. Like, I don't even look at it like that. That's just a part of it. It's a process. I've had some wins. I was featured in Brooklyn Made by Brick TV. We are Emmy nominated. The one that I'm actually featured in, it's on YouTube. You just Google Brooklyn Made and Constance. Like, it's going to come up there. Watch it. It's directed by Keisha Elon. Hey, girl, you are Emmy nominated. Uh, I think this is our fourth one. So... And that's a win. That happened in 2018. I also contributed to a, a project that was a CFDA award winner with Studio 189. Uh, that's Abrima Irwai and Rosario Dawson's line. They're fucking magical. Yo, I love you ladies so much. You give me a shot. I did some um, preliminary illustrations for a piece that a sustainable fashion that actually went it went into production. It exists. And um, I'm published. Nomads Magazine is the first one to publish my writing with my illustrations. Hi, Lori Lyons. She was the first one to really give me a shot, sit down with me. She has a cool, dope-ass podcast called Your Ass is Old. You can find it on Anchor. And, uh, yeah, I've been public. Afropunk looks out for me. I'm going to be doing a project with them later this year, knocking on the wood that it goes cool. But uh, Afropunk, it published me as well. I'm a contributor. And, and those all because those all came because I faced rejection. I just kept going. So you can't look at it like, oh, my God. It's so, yeah, it sucks. So fucking what? Like, life is it's difficult. Like, it's not supposed to be easy. No one's life is easy. We all have our struggles. So when I say, like, fucking rejects, that shit is cool to me. Like, yeah, I'm a fucking reject. I don't give... I don't even... I don't care what you think. Of, not you. Like, I care what you think. Of course, you're here. You're my friend. But I, it's, it's not about anything but creating. You're going to create the good work. You get back what you put in. So I'm really happy with that. So this podcast is about winning. It's about how to win. What did you go through? Do you have any stories? Were you, well, when were you on your knuckles? How did you rise from the ashes from that? How? Tell me. <laughs> Email me. Okay. Constance Patton at gmail.com or lover at ConstancePatton.com. Thank you for, for listening to, to fucking Rejects. Uh, please support me. You can support by going on iTunes and giving me a five-star rating and leaving a review. Just a couple words is fine. Tell me what you think. And that is what gets me onto the charts. It gets me more listeners. And I'm really trying to push this thing as far as I can. So thanks for supporting. Please, I want to hear... From you, I want to hear your stories of rejection or a win. This is not just about being a fucking reject. It's about winning and knowing that out of rejection that you can win. That you're, you can, you know, if you might fall down, but you can get up again. And how how'd you do that? So if you have any story of worse rejection, I want to hear it. You can go to my email, which is lover at constancepatton.com. Constance with a K. Patton at gmail.com. And leave me... Your stories. And then uh, over the weeks, I'm going to read them back to you. We can share some stories together. As a family, we're a big fucking reject family. And I love you. And I got you. I support you. Keep going. Follow me on Instagram. I'm not on Facebook. I might get a Facebook. Let me know. Are you on Facebook? I might get it. I don't know. Do you tweet? Are you on Twitter? I don't know. I'm not a hater of a Twitter. I'll tweet. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're the best. Until next week. Fucking rejects. Yeah, I'm a fucking reject. No, 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 no.
Nah, nigga. Yeah, I'm a fucking reject. No. 